Last week on Breaking Bullying, we went deep into a horrible story about in-school bullying. This week, we want to counterbalance by offering a little bit of solution. So we're going to hit that music, and then we're going to talk about it. Joining us now with both her own personal experiences with bullying, her child's experience with bullying, and advice on how you can help prepare your child and help them deal with bullying is RTT therapist and life coach, Kaisa Vickman. Kaisa, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. I'm really excited to be here. As I mentioned, I've listened to some of your previous episodes and I just love what you do. It's such an important message and I'd love to contribute in any way I can. And we look forward to your contributions. Joining me as well is my co-host, Tim. Hey, Tim. How's it going, Bruce? And thank you, Kaisa, for being on today. Thanks for having me. Kaisa, before we get into your tips on how to handle bullying, you told me a very interesting story about your child who has special needs. And how are you handling that bullying? And especially, how are you handling the bully's parent as well? Yeah, so as I mentioned to you, I have a child who has experienced some level of bullying. He has some special needs that are not necessarily apparent. He's just really super energetic and loving and different. So a lot of times when children are getting bullied, they are different in some way. And he kind of fits that mold. He had a friend of his that I know actually has issues that after they had been friends for a while, he completely turned on my son. He would call him names pretty consistently, saying things that, you know, you smell, you belong in hell, like really dark, ugly, ugly things, like no one likes you. Nobody wants to play with you. For my son, who's such a loving person, it was very confusing to him and very hurtful. He was very, very upset about it. And I didn't know exactly how to handle it at first because he was so sad. And I started to talk to him and practice thing with, with him even before he went to school in the morning. So the number one thing that I did with him is I rehearsed the resources available to him. Every single morning before I dropped him off at school, when we're in the car, we went through it and I just listed it out loud. If this happens to you, like, what do you do? We went through it. We practiced it. Who can you talk to? But your teacher. Who else can you talk to? You know, the helpers in the yard. Who else can you talk to? The principal. Who else? The person in the front office. He had that whole list in his mind and in his, the front of him because once bullying happens, emotionally, all these feelings starts to flood. And when feeling starts flooding, logic goes out the door. So that was the first thing I did with him. We just went through the whole routine. What do you do? Rehearse it. What are the actions that you will take? The second thing I really did with him is I talked about where these words come from. Who was saying these words to him? Who was telling him that he smelled? That it have anything to do with him? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, did that part of you belong in hell? Who was saying that to him? Did it live inside of him? 
south as the sun, as Ben? And he said, no. I said, exactly. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the person who's saying the words. Did your son confront, did your son confront his bully with your tips that you gave him? Or did he go to the teacher right away? He's done both. So in the beginning, he did, he, he confronted and had some level of communication. But for the most part, he was fairly confused about the whole situation. He knew it wasn't right. So I actually recommended that he would go to them and help them resolve the situation. And I think it's different in different situations. I just had a lot of background on this particular child, knowing that he's very troubled. So going in, I knew that it was probably not going to come to a good resolution if they tried to work it out themselves. I knew that he would probably need additional help and resources. So that was my recommendation for him. And luckily, the school is actually pretty good about providing resources, and the school knew him well. So he hasn't been bouncing around from school to school. He's been at the same school all through fifth, you know, from entire elementary school. That was really helpful for him. I think it's harder when you come in as the new kid over and over again. It makes things a lot more challenging. How did that bully's dad get involved in this? So it actually turned into a situation where, unfortunately, I was bullied in a way. So this particular child lied a lot in general, which was also an issue that he's had the entire school year, not just with my son. So the problem was that the parent, the dad, actually believed the lies and attacked me. Before we move on, what were the lies? He would say that Ben hit him all the time. He'd said that Ben had spit in his eyeball. And I've never even seen my child spit at all, right? There were no witnesses to this. And other kids and the teachers were saying that this other child made this up. So I had the meetings with the school and they said, no, Ben didn't do anything. He did the right thing. He came to us. But for some reason, this dad believed his son and choose not to believe the school, choose not to believe what the teachers had told him about his son for a year, right? And then started sending me texts. And when I say texts, they were so ugly. He basically said that my child is dangerous, that I need to keep him away from his son. And if I don't do that, he's going to call Child Protective Services which is something they can't, <laughs> you know, he can't really do either. So I was shocked, absolutely shocked. And of course, first trigger response is, I need to respond to this. I need to set this straight. But what I ended up doing is I actually jumped in the car and drove to his school and marched right into the principal's office. And I showed her the text. I wanted a record of it. I knew it was wrong. I also know this person, the father, I'd known them from before. He's actually a psychotherapist. I know his past as well, and it has a lot of darkness to it. Let me put it that way. When you say a lot of darkness to it, what does that mean in this context? Um, it means that he has made unethical choices for himself as a psychotherapist in the past, and that has produced this child, to be honest. Basically, his behavior was passed on to his child. Yes. 
So in that situation, when I was getting, it was starting to bully me, I chose not to respond at all. I did not even acknowledge the text. And I just, I kept records of it. Here's the issue. When you respond to a bully, in a way, you're playing along, which is what he wanted. He wanted to trigger me. He wanted me to play his game. And by not responding, I basically said, I'm not going to play your game. Let's see how far you're going to take it. But I'm not participating. I'm reporting, but I'm not participating. The school helped keep the voice separate. It was towards the end of the school year where things got really bad. And I have to say the school here has been very supportive, uh, though I feel that the dad should have been reported and he wasn't. Well, when you mentioned the dad should have been reported, even though what you described was unpleasant, even the threatening to call CPS, none of that's actionable. I think it would be actionable in that it should have been reported to the school district and kept a record up as opposed to just staying in the school. Which you actually did. You took it into the principal. That's reporting it. I misunderstood. I thought you were referring to reporting it to the police. No, I did not. I just kept it the record, even though if it had escalated, that would have been the next step. But it did not escalate beyond that. Okay. My advice through the whole experience for my son was just to stay away. Stay away. Do not engage. There are some other, you know, when people have bully experiences, Sometimes the right thing might be to stand up and fight, right? To build that confidence, like you can fight back. But in this situation, it was better to just disengage, step back, step back, step back. And I really gave that advice to my son is quite big for his age and quite strong. But he's that typical gentle teddy bear. So this bullying never became violent. It all remained verbal. The other child pushed my son. Luckily, my son did not respond. And I say luckily because he's 10 times stronger than the other kid. Aside from the pushing, like your son was never punched, wasn't repeatedly physically harassed. No, not that I know. I know he was pushed, but not like the fist fight type of situation. But again, my advice was for him, if he hits you, do not hit back. This particular school, I knew, had a lot of resources available to keep their eyes on the situation and handle it fairly. And he had good relationships with the teachers. Was there any long-term psychological effects on your son from the bullying? This is all so recent that it happened just in May and June. So we've just been on summer vacation now. If anything, it's more that he, it's something that he's aware of and conscious of and he talks about. Is it a possible concern? Can it happen to me in middle school? So he has questions about it and we talk about it, which I think is also key for parents is to have that communication because a lot of times when children are bullied, they might not feel comfortable sharing that, even with their parents, they might feel shame or they might feel that their parents have so much other things to deal with anyway that they don't want to be an additional burden. He wouldn't necessarily share what happened. If I asked him, how was your day? He might say, oh, we did the same thing as usual. 
And then you have to start asking more questions. So you go, okay, so who did you play with at recess? Right. So then you get a little bit more information. You go, you might say, oh, I sat in the corner because this happened. So it's really important as a parent to ask the right questions. A lot of open-ended questions ask for the details, you know, just not the yes or no questions, like really ask about the details. And I take his concerns seriously. If he talks about it, it means something to him. So one of the things you had mentioned about your son's experience that was a positive in this was how responsive the school was. He could go talk and bring his concerns up to the teacher, this, the principal, and they would respond and they would believe him and take him seriously. Yes. That isn't always the case for everybody being bullied. Yes. What advice do you have for the kid and the parent where the school is doing things like last week's poor guest, where the teachers, despite there being video evidence of a three-on-one beatdown, denied it happened, claimed the kid who got beat up was racist. They came up with just a ton of excuses. It all boiled down to that they didn't want to be bothered. Mm -hmm. The school was not going to engage. The school was not going to help. I think that even though they said that, that is still the first line of defense, right? Even though the school said that, it's still uh, your first place you need to go to. You need to have a track record of things. You need to keep records of things. So absolutely report that. If they're not responding, then you need to start looking at what can I do to help my child, especially in the area, I think, of confidence and self-esteem. How can I support my child to build that confidence and self-esteem to be able to be, like when you have confidence and self-esteem, you become less of a target, right? As long as you're different, you're the target. A few tools that I've also taught my son is how to build that up. And when I say confidence, like confidence, you can be confident, let's say, in martial arts, right? But then you can be lack confidence maybe in public speaking. Or you can be confident in math, but not in relationships. So confident you can have in different areas and you can practice it in different areas, right? So you can practice being confident at school. You can practice being confident with friends. Self-esteem, to build it, it's a little bit different. Self-esteem is really what you think about yourself. Like, in what regard do you hold yourself? You build self-esteem by learning to really like yourself, right? So self-esteem is to what degree do I like myself? Can I practice having self-esteem? Everywhere you go, not everybody's ever going to like you. Not everybody's going to like me. And actually, the more public you become, the more people are not going to like you. And unfortunately, with social media, there even more people are not going to like you. You put a post that they're not going to like you. You might be a target that way. So it's important to learn to truly like yourself, praise yourself. When a kid has confidence, like for myself, I was confident until I found out I was different, mm -hmm. being poor. Mm -hmm. How do you maintain your child's confidence level when he just got knocked down at school that afternoon? Like how, like, how do you handle that child at home? 
to try to build them back up quickly. Right. So when you take a hit like that, you have to acknowledge first that it was a hit, right? Whether or not it's a physical hit or a mental hit, you have to acknowledge that it happened. You have to allow the feelings of that to come out, to have the conversation around that. The more confidence you do have, the quicker you can start to recover, to build yourself back up again. And the only reason your confidence really got knocked is because to some degree, you took it in. Well, my whole class noticed it. Yeah. And it was true. I was a poor kid. Yeah. I just didn't realize I was a poor kid until someone pointed out to me I was a poor kid. Then it all made sense. I guess for myself at that time, I didn't go to my parents. And granted, I was in second grade. You know, how do you, if a kid doesn't have a parent to talk to, I guess, you know, it's, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here. It's, it's, it's kind of a tricky situation. It kind of depends how old the kid is. Is he old enough to go to the teacher? One of the parents, my parents didn't realize I was being bullied. I never told them. I guess we, we talked about earlier before this podcast, kids are born confident. They learn to be lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem because that's what happened to me. I lost my confidence that day. So how can a kid improve their confidence without adult support? Like what can they do on the spot? Well, children are children. And I think us as adults is our obligation to support our kids, right? So for you to be in second grade and feel like you didn't have any resources is on the parent and the school system, right? That you thought that there was no support available to you. An exercise that I like to do when I do speak to kids, whether it's my son or other children, and we can do it right now if you're willing to try, is what I call the looping thought ladder to really point out that there are choices in how you do respond. So, for example, let's say, what did the, what did the uh, children say to you? In my case, I was wearing a hand-me-down sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. And that sweatshirt happened to be from another kid in my class. And he told all the other kids in my class that I am poor, so his parents had to donate my family clothes. Mm-hmm. When that happened, how did you feel? Embarrassed. Mm-hmm. What else? That was pretty much the biggest emotion I had was embarrassment. And you felt, you felt embarrassed because what was the thought that come, came before you felt embarrassed? I don't know if I, can, I, don't know if I remember that far back. Besides, all I remember is being embarrassed and, you know, ashamed, not like the other kids. You know, jealous. I wasn't, I wasn't rich. Typically, if you think that back, there was probably a thought that happened to, like, they said that to you, right? And you might have thought something like, um, and I'm just making this up, you might have thought, I'm a loser. Yeah. Whatever it was. And you have a feeling of being embarrassed. And we have that feeling, what's the action that you make? You just kind of slouch. Yeah. You avoid people. Yeah. What happens next day you go to school? Uh, I had no friends. Yeah. So I was pretty much isolated from there on and just, you know, was the butt of the joke for everything. Yeah. So it's really hard. Like one of the most important things for kids to feel is that they belong and that they have that group, right? They want to fit in. They're in a group and they belong. That's how children survive. And sometimes they do that by outing another child, which is horrible, right? So I want to go back to the looping thought ladder. So let's say that happened. They said, you're poor. 
right? You're, you're poor. What else did they say? That's the only thing that stuck out in my head. I mean, yeah. it was like 20, 30 years ago. So I think that you can practice, let's say, if it happens to your child, you can say, well, what's a different thought that you can think when they say that? So what's something that you can think? They say, you're poor. What could you think? I'll give you an example. You could go, you yeah. can say, yeah, so what's it to you? Like, so what? I'm amazing. Anyway, I might not have money, but I'm an awesome kid. So I don't care. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just that that has to be taught to yeah. your kids yeah. in order for it to work. Yeah. So then what's the feeling that you would have when you thought that? So what? I was, I'm poor. With me, I have like the little voice syndrome. I would still have it back in my head. Mm-hmm. I could probably say it to you, but I probably won't still believe it. Yeah. So sometimes when you hear things over and over again, it goes into that subconscious mind and it can stay with you exactly the way you're describing it way into the adulthood way into after the bullying is over you can still carry that voice yeah i think that's why i'm such an introverted person these days i've i feel uh, now i know some people say introversion introverted people and extroverted people are based on your genetics or you know how you are born mm-hmm. i also think though that you can be extroverted and you can be bullied to the point where you are introverted and how do you come back from that how do you teach kids to come back from that it's not going to be a quick fix like with a kid last week we talked to mm-hmm. that all happened in a span of like a few months like how do you take that kid's confidence and build them up really quick when he's constantly being harassed at school i guess what do you say to those kids I mean, it sounds like what we're talking about here is preemptively conditioning a child so that if something were to occur, they're ready for it. And while that's a lovely thought, I don't know that it's actually practical for everyone to do that. Because again, in the reality of Tim's world, it wasn't going to happen. Tim, his family did not have that in them. So Tim was always going to end up in that lunchroom wearing hand-me-downs Without that girding in place, he was always going to be told, hey, you're wearing my clothes. You're poor. Oh, and then all the kids around him were going to start laughing at him because of that. And it was always going to hit his psyche like a little bomb and damage him because his parents were never going to prepare him. And there are a lot of kids like that. Right. So it's great for those that can and will. But it also is not a panacea that'll cover everybody. It just isn't. I guess what she's trying to get to, Bruce, is this is what we got parents got to start doing right now mm-hmm. to prevent what I went through, what my, what my mind went through back then. So, of course, we're not going to be able to stop it the day your kid gets bullied. But you got to take those steps today. It's like insurance. You got to buy insurance in case something happens. Yeah, no, I get it. Is that... Yeah. yeah. And it's true. You did find a way eventually to find confidence, right? You did find a way that worked for you to build your confidence. And what happened when you found that way? The bullying stopped, right? So for me, it didn't stop until I was, I keep getting these, these grades wrong. 11th or 12th grade. I had this, this gym class called Life Skills. When the bullying stopped, I did a martial arts demonstration. My class got to see me, you know, spar, which is like fighting, break boards and do a form. 
that ended my bullying at school. But what started my confidence building is when I was in ninth grade, ninth or going into 10th grade, I went to a tournament and I won my first tournament. Well, I didn't win it. I took second place. But right. I beat like six kids in sparring. That's when I realized, oh, I'm better than somebody else. That's when my confidence started building up. But it was through martial arts. Not every kid will take martial arts, will have that same experience. So that's, that was my start of building confidence up. But even today as an adult, I feel like if I was never bullied, I would be much more of an outgoing person than I am today. Yeah, and you actually, even the experiences you had obviously created who you are today for the good and the bad, right? Correct. There are ways that you can even now go back and help reprogram yourself, like reprogram what's in your subconscious. To go back to the looping thought ladder, because I can understand that obviously what I'm presenting is tools that are, like Bruce said, they are preemptive in a way, like, you know, learn these tools first. On the other hand, if it's happening and you can have the conversation with your child, you can help resolve the problem. And that's the point that I'm trying to get across. You have a choice on how to respond, even when it can be a really painful situation. I'm not trying to undermine the experience in any way yeah. at all. I know how hard it is. I am only presenting options on how to rethink it. So what are some best ways to respond to bullies? Like, what would you tell, like, what did you tell your, your child again? I think we talked about there's like, you had five good ways to respond to bullies. So when you have the confidence and you feel you have options on how to respond as well. So one way that could be effective to respond that and I told him is, again, it's like, you must, like, what do you think the bully feels like? You know, you can respond by saying, you must feel really bad about yourself that you have to put me down. You must feel horrible about yourself. I feel sorry for you, right? That's the way to respond. I mean, I know if I said that back when I was a kid, I'd probably got punched in the face. That's my biggest fear because it's almost like kind of like, I, is there like a better way to rephrase that? Mm -hmm. I think it's, again, you present options and then you're just going to have to see in that situation what would work better, right? Yeah. What's going to work? Like for me, when I personally was being bullied and they were calling me names, I never even shared my story. But so Kaisa in Swedish rhymes with Baisa. Kaisa, Baisa. Baisa means to poop, right? So I was Kaisa, Baisa, like the entire first grade. Kaisa, Baisa, Kaisa, like relentless. I had an enormous amount of confidence and self-esteem for unknown reasons. I don't know. <laughs> So luckily for me, the experience was not as traumatic as it could have been because I did not take it in. I just said, oh, those fools, this is stupid. Like, whatever. So what you're saying is, I guess I don't have to vocally tell my bully, well, you must be in a bad mood. I could probably just say that to myself to help me feel a bit better, correct? And you can do it when it's appropriate. You have to be able, like, there's no one solution right? There are only options. So one options you can say is, are you trying to hurt my feelings? You can say that. Are you trying to hurt my feelings? You must feel really bad 
about yourself. That stuff is not going to work on me. They said you're poor and you go, you know, so what? That stuff is not going to work on me. Those are the kind of things you can say when you have confidence and self-esteem. That's not going to work on me. You can keep saying that I'm not taking that in. You can keep that for yourself. As a parent, what can I prepare my child who may not be fully confident? What's like an easy thing I could tell them to do to end that situation of that bully picking on them? To seek help. So I would say my parents, what are the things that they can do to protect their kids going back to school from bullying. Number one, I would say investigate, be curious, open the communication, because truthfully, a lot of times the parents are not going to know that their child is being bullied. So investigate, discover, listen, ask open-ended questions, figure out what's going on uh, so it's not a secret anymore. So for you and for many others, it's a secret, right? Yeah, well, I guess what I'm asking is, what can I tell my non-confident kid what to do if they're being picked on? I guess the, I guess you already answered it, though, too. Um, just go seek help from a teacher. Seek help. Or from an adult. Yes. Oh, and you can make the suggestions on what they can say. You can make those suggestions. You can go through the looping thought ladder. You can give them an example. You can say, oh, what do you do? What can you think differently in that situation? rehearse it, right? I can think that they're just full of crap. There is room when you start having the conversation. There is no room when there's no conversation, when you don't have the facts. And then you can start to just help build the confidence and self-esteem up. Well, how do you do that? You learn that by teaching them to like themselves. You have to like yourself. And that's the key. How do you teach a kid to like themselves? You tell them. You tell them. You tell them you like them. You tell them to like themselves. If they ask you, you can practice it. If they, let's say your child put a dress on and they ask me, do you like this dress? Do you like what I'm wearing? You can ask them, well, what do you think? Do you like it? Right? And they say, I like the way I look in this. I like myself. So you you actually practice it does that make sense i think i think a lot of it though too is with parents and i see it in my school a little bit not a lot but we have these parents who are not quite as engaged with their child as they should be yeah i think as a parent if you're not engaged with your child that's a big problem that's when you'll miss things like okay my child's acting different and i think that's just kind of like the new age of parents are coming up right now yeah I feel like bullying is going to be continuing on their rise until we get parents start engaging more with their child. Yeah. I, I've seen a mom in my school. This happened like uh, maybe about two years ago. Her son was breaking a board. He had trouble breaking this board. When he finally broke the board, he looked over at his mom. The mom was on his phone, missed the whole thing. Yeah. That kid's confidence, self-esteem just went down the crapper. Yeah. That's like, oh, the parent just blew it. I know. Bruce and I, we talked about the apple doesn't fall from the tree. Sometimes it's us as parents. We're not being engaging with our kids. We're teaching them how to have no confidence, and it's, and it's a problem. I actually say the greatest gift you can give your child is to have high confidence and self-esteem yourself because children will not, like, they model that. They model how you are. 
If there's one piece of advice that you haven't given as yet that you would like to leave the audience, what would it be? It would still, it would be like yourself. It would be like yourself. You're enough. And it would be to focus on building that confidence and self-esteem in your child, in yourself. Because the truth is, even beyond bullying, it will set you up for life better than anything else I can think of. Hey, Karza, you have a lot of great golden nuggets. How can parents reach you? They can reach me on my uh, website. So it's my name, kaisavikman.com. It's K-A-J-S-A-V-I-K-M-A-N.com. Thank you so much for joining us. And as far as you, the listener, goes, thank you for listening. And if there's anything you want to communicate to us, if you want to reach out, if you yourself are having a bullying problem and you have no one to talk to, you can talk to us. You can email us at breakbullyinghere at gmail.com. And also, if you are dealing with bullying, there are online resources to help you. The first is the government's own anti-bullying resource, which is www.stopbullying.gov. And also there is www.pacer.org backslash bullying. If you're suffering from dark thoughts and feel like you have no one to talk to, please call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. I'm Tim Flynn for Bruce Knoxon. Thank you for listening and join us next week as we continue the conversation to break the silence on bullying.